Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. And it has been a good Thursday, Larry, Champions League nights or Champions League mornings, however you want to call them in Australia. Obviously, an early wake up for us. But um, I just want to start with one of the most historic stats I've ever seen. Considering we got knocked out against young boys on match day one, it's amazing that we're top of the group in match day three. It is phenomenal. You know what, Tom? I do have a statistic for you. That is the first time uh, in the, since the Champions League inception that Manchester United has been 2-0 down at home at Old Trafford. Mate, there are records every single game now that Ronaldo plays. One, he beats his own appearance record, but then he beats his own goal-scorer record. And he also, it was his 300th appearance for Man United. So um, records all around, but there is plenty to discuss. Uh, just a few guys in the chat. So, um, good evening, um, Rob. Hope you're well. Evening, lads. Massive win. Heart still recovering. Yeah, it was one of those typical games that is a little bit testing on the heart. And also, maybe George was woke up and drowning myself in the Ronaldo perfume. He sent us a video of that. Very funny. I dare you to put that um, public on Instagram or Twitter, George. <laughs> that was a good one. But we'll get into it. And look, it's a far better discussion than after the Leicester match. And it was a far better or likely a far better discussion than what it was likely going to be at halftime. 2-0 down, unbelievable sort of reaction that, that sort of caused, and we'll get into that and the sort of the differences between the first and second half. But I just want to start this one off. The Leicester podcast we did after that, it was a turning point for both of us. We sort of said, okay, that's what we're seeing from Solskjaer, that's enough. And look, that, that opinion don't definitely doesn't change, which we'll get into. But I was sort of, we're both sort of level-headed in that podcast where this one, after a good win, I'm actually more passionate in my defence of Solskjaer after this one because the reaction I feel has been shocking towards Solskjaer after this. I think just people are just completely forgetting what it is. And you shared a video, I think Sam Homewood posted it. You shared a video at full time when Solskjaer was walking off, which I want to touch on. But the main reason I'm so defending of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer today and sort of so passionate in my defence of him is obviously away from Man United, Newcastle United, and Steve Bruce was obviously sacked. And he's come out and he's done his post, or not post-match interview, but sort of he did an interview after getting sat talking about his mental health and how much he struggled with it. And like his sort of some of the stuff he was called. You saw how the Newcastle atmosphere at St James's Park turned toxic um, against Tottenham, but he's also on record saying that he was um, like he was happy that, or not happy, but he's glad that his his father and mother had passed away, so they didn't they didn't see the abuse that he was receiving. So little things like that, and that's because of the way the Newcastle fans treated him. Man United fan or supposed fans are treating Solskjaer in that same way. And I just think it's absolutely shocking. We won this match in a dramatic fashion, and all you see on Twitter was, oh, yeah, please, but he still needs to be sacked. Well, yeah, you can have that opinion, but if you're not enjoying this moment, that is what – cast your mind back to when we signed Ronaldo. We signed Ronaldo, and the reason we're so happy was for moments like this, for last-minute winners in front of the Stratford, and you have to enjoy that. You can't go, oh, good goal, but yeah, still sack him. Okay, that's your opinion, and yeah, that's fine. But you have to enjoy it. And I was over the moon, but the reaction after the match was flat for me. And I can't get my head around it, Larry. I think that just comes with a range of factors, Tom. Um, I agree with all your sentiments. And that comes with social media. That comes with large platforms and the negative language that they spread. Um, there are a number of reasons why. And, and it all becomes because society as a whole is not patient. And it seems to be the... The fashionable thing now to out in person, to be insulting, to be derogatory and, and show dero um, <clears throat> point derogatory terms towards someone. The most disrespectful thing, forget Newcastle, I even find it worse as a United fan. Do people not forget what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer achieved as a player? And it doesn't matter whether you think he is a PE teacher or whether you think he's the best thing since Sir Alex Ferguson. You have to respect the legacy that 
that, that precedes him. And the reality is, he's done a good job. You might argue what a good job is. Your, your assessment of United or expectation might be that they should be challenging for titles every season. And you're not, I don't disagree with you on that. You might think that we should be winning the Champions League or the Premier League every season without a fight, with, without any sort of level headed discussion. But in any case, show respect to the manager. What I loved about that video, Tom, and the reason I shared it, it made me feel so emotionally overwhelmed with almost a sense of sadness. I felt like I was defending a, a close friend of mine who has been bullied and ridiculed. Now, obviously, that's a really extreme um, example that I'm providing there. But he ha we have to remember, he's one of our own. Any success that you want for Manchester United, believe me, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants it just as much. Yeah, no, completely agree. And we will get in there. Very well said. And we will get into sort of the everything that unfolded. It was so dramatic. I think we could do this hour over three, this podcast over three hours. There's so much to dissect. But just a couple of comments. Um, George, good to see you, mate. Um, Jordan as well. Evening, gents. I think the booze kicked them into gear, which was a part of the story. And I'm sure we'll discuss that, the difference between the first half and second half and the sort of the role the crowd did play. Um, George also saying, I really hate how Ollie has been abused for celebrating the same way everyone else did when the winner went in. It's like the Ollie out brigade won't even let him enjoy the amazing moment. Completely agree. Adam saying, good to see you, mate, saying the same thing. And one thing is sure these players are playing for him, which we sort of put in the title of the podcast. I think the, a bit of the narrative going into this match was, has he lost the dressing room? It's a nonsense question now. We, we have the answer. There's no way he's lost the dressing room. These players are fighting for him, Larry. Yeah. I think so. I don't think that was ever a debate. I think the Pogba comments have been taken out of context. And that was really the only instance where you could argue a player was challenging Solskjaer. Um, but Pogba, Pogba does what Pogba does. Um, he's very honest. And But ultimately, yeah. And even, even the first half, as frustrating as the scoreline reflected, I don't think United were dreadful. I really don't. We, we created opportunities in our group chat. Um, thank God for Antonio. It felt like it was I was a one-man band in there. But you had even... And we're a, we're a fairly sensible group chat, I like to think. You had a split there where you, you have some saying, you know, this is unacceptable. But actually, look at the opportunities we created in the first half. Rashford could have easily had a double. Ronaldo could have had a goal. We could have been 3-0 up. You know, now the defensive errors, of course, they're, they're, they are poor, particularly the, the, the second goal, the set piece was, was awful. But United were playing well. I think the difference between the first half and the second half is the level of intensity did go up. But United took their opportunities. I, I think that's the reality of it. And, you know, football is not as simple as it's not as so black and white. It's we weren't garbage in the first half and brilliant in the second half. I think United were solid in the first half had defensive lapses, but in the second half, we took our opportunities. That's the thing. I was going to start when you mentioned Paul Pogba. I was going to go into team selection, and obviously he was dropped and Fred sort of returned. But you mentioned halftime and sort of their, their reaction. I'm in that same group chat, and I saw all you guys typing away at halftime. And I was, I was I was about to type something. I said, no, no, I don't want to give my opinion because my opinion was so completely opposite, as you also sort of referred to. I was going to put in there that I thought we were actually pretty good in the first half. The two times Atalanta went forward, they scored. That, that's down to execution. If Harry Maguire gets his head on or McTominay gets his head on it or Luke Shaw stops the cross and we score five goals at the other end, which on another day we do, and the execution is better, I'm thinking, well, that first time, and I'm not saying it was good, but it's the best we've played in weeks. And, okay, the standard hasn't been high in recent weeks, but, look, I, and I completely share and agree and accept the frustration. We'll 2-0 down at home to Atalanta in a must-win game. I, I fully appreciated how frustrated everyone was. But I think on the balance of play that first half, 
and obviously over the 90 minutes, of course, we definitely deserve to win. But the first half, obviously, you can't take away the goals. It's a huge part of the game. It's why we play. But if you do take away the goals, I thought we're far, by far the better team. I know Atalanta are missing a few players, but I think they got a result against Liverpool last year. Or they've made quarterfinals of the Champions Leagues in recent seasons, so they're no mugs. And um, just go back to Pogba on that in terms of me and Josh were talking about on the last podcast saying I had a feeling he'll be dropped. Obviously, was dropped. Big game, Solskjaer reverts back to McFred type thing. So just your thoughts an hour before kickoff. Well, we're all up an hour before kickoff. Not sure why. I had my alarm set for 5.55 and I was up at 4.55. So I saw the team news come through. And um, as always, plenty of debate sparked. Um, this is the one occasion I agreed with it. I did agree with it. And I thought, to be honest, McTominay was solid. I thought Fred was really good. And I think when we come to the 3 2 ones, you could argue for Fred. He has his limitations, and today doesn't detract from that. But I thought you see the difference with what Fred offers in midfield, whether you like him or not as a, as a whole package of what he brings as a footballer. You see the difference in what he offers compared to a Pogba in that position. That's just the reality of it. And when United are in the position that they are at the moment where you're, you're struggling for a bit of confidence, you're having inconsistent form, you need to rely on a solid foundation. Now, yes... The cynics will say, but we conceded two goals. We did, but those two goals weren't because of McTominay and Fred. Yeah, no, it's hard. Well, it's one of those things. I, I agree that this is maybe the game to bring them back in, but then you see we're 2-0 down. And I wouldn't say the game changed with Paul Pogba. I don't think it was a real tactical change, but you see when Paul Pogba comes on, we look mm. better. So you think, well, it doesn't quite make sense. But yeah, I completely agree. Um, Damon here is saying, I'm probably more Oli in, more because of the lack of external options, which we've completely agreed. I think if the right managers are out there, we say get rid of him tomorrow. But at the moment, without that ideal candidate out there, and look, there might never be an ideal candidate, but that is one of the reasons that um, both Larry and I are a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger. And Adam saying didn't have a problem with the lineup. And yeah, I think it's one football's going to spark opinions in terms of some people are going to be happy with it, some people aren't. But ultimately, Solskjaer does get it right. But I want to tell you two half-time. And obviously, there was frustration. I was in our group chat and Twitter. You can only imagine what it was like on there. At 2-0 down, I didn't put in the group chat because I didn't want to spark anything. But I said, we're winning this 3-2. I was very confident of coming back and winning 3-2. Now, obviously, De Gea makes a couple of good saves in the second half, which could have changed, um, changed things. But did you share that confidence? And if so, why do you think... Because I think a lot of United fans did have that confidence would come back into it. And do you think it's just a stature thing? Okay, we're Man United against Atalanta, or do you think we're playing well, or it's just good players, or do you think it's something like Ronaldo has this aura where he puts teams on the back foot and they're sort of worried? Did you share that confidence that we're going to get back into the game, or did you think, geez, hang on, this is getting bad and this is almost writing on the wall for Ollie? I actually did share that confidence, and I come back to what I mentioned a moment ago. United were playing well, and I agree with what you said. I thought. Over that 45-minute period, that being the first half, United were the better side. I thought we had the better in terms of um, opportunities. I thought we were more in more control of the game than Atalanta were. So all in all, in the balance of play, I thought United were playing well. On a different day, where, let's say if Rashford was five games into his return rather than two, I think he puts one of those opportunities away. On another day, Cristiano Ronaldo would bury the opportunity that he shot straight at the goalkeeper. There are so many instances where United were the, the more attacking side. Bloody hell, Fred, wonderful opportunity, could have scored. We were creating our equal share of opportunities and the balance of probability will tell you the more chances you have, the more likely you are to score. 
Atalanta are not the sort of football side to shut up shop. Now, they probably should have, because if they did, I think we'd be having a different feeling at halftime. But you just felt with the balance of the game that United were always in a position to come back, and thankfully we did. The second half, I want to get into, or I don't want to get into tactics, but this word tactics will obviously pop up. Why was the second half better? Because a lot of people, whenever United were 2-0 down, the thing pointed at Solskjaer, oh, he's got no tactics. The tactics are wrong. That's why we're 2-0 down. For me, nothing changed in the second half, tactically, in terms of approach, in terms of someone triggering a press or where we're trying to get overloads or how we're dealing with Atalanta's numbers. In my opinion, nothing changed. We just played better. We played with a little bit more intensity, obviously, but the passes were sticking. Um, I think there was a little bit more intent in our play. And why do you think the second half was better? Did Atalanta maybe drop off a little bit and give us a bit more space? Or or did, did you see a tactical difference or a different change in approach? Or just why was the second half that much better? Nothing tactical. Um, I thought overall, if you, you want to talk about how United approached the football match, I thought we did hold our width a lot better than what we have previously. Um, I thought Rashford particularly looked really dangerous um, every time he got the ball. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think the second half, it was really just intent, Tom. United know they have to win. Atalanta are in that awkward 2-0 spot where, yeah, on paper or as a cynic, you might be thinking, actually, that's a quite a comfortable lead. But when you're away from home, you're the underdog and you know what the opposition have against you. 2-0 isn't all that comfortable. You know if you concede first, you're, you're feeling nervy about your one goal lead and you know that you probably need another, but you're thinking, do we go for it, given that United are going to go for it? So I think they got just got a little bit in their own heads. Um, but all in all, I thought United just came out with more intensity. Um, the, the boos you alluded to earlier, I think there was definitely a frustration at Old Trafford, um, particularly in that first half. I think, was it Shaw, where the, a forward pass was on, but he opted to pass back? You felt mm. the frustration in the stadium. But Oli clearly got at them. And you know what? Credit to Oli. What, what he, he came out post-match. He said in the post-match, he, he just said to the team, if you keep to your guns, you will win this football match. And that's all they did. I think on Solskjaer, in terms of, I was listening to Stephen Howson after the match and he's having a discussion about what this narrative has been in the past couple of weeks in terms of Moments FC and Solskjaer relying on individual brilliance, etc. So we, we praise these players on individual brilliance and say it has nothing to do with Solskjaer. But then if we concede a goal, it's not the individual mistake that anyone blames, then we blame Solskjaer for the individual mistake. I'm thinking, well, you can if the individual moment is completely sort of a valid opinion, okay, that's 100% fine but it has to apply to both attack and defence. It has to apply to both sides of the coin. And at the moment, we're only using it when Ronaldo puts it in or when Bruno puts it in the top corner. We don't blame it when Harry Maguire doesn't um, get a header or Victor Lindelof, um, if he got spun for that potentially third goal for Atalanta, we wouldn't be blaming Victor Lindelof. We'd be blaming the tactics. I'm not blaming Lindelof, but we'll be blaming the tactics by Solskjaer. So um, let, me put this to you, let, let me put this to you. Um, what did you think of Solskjaer's substitutions today? Yeah, he got it. St- Look, it's one of those ones at halftime. We always make this point in regards. So I always make it about Bruno Fernandez, and I'm sure some people will have a discussion about Ronaldo. And I thought Ronaldo was good at halftime. I was saying get Bruno Fernandez off the field. I was even saying Jesse Lingard. I saw Jesse Lingard having a word with Solskjaer, and I thought maybe he could see because Bruno Fernandez was getting the ball in very good areas around halfway, not in the, not in a dangerous area, but he was getting a lot of space around halfway where Jesse Lingard moves very well with the ball. So I was thinking Bruno Fernandez to come off, but then um. Obviously, he changes the game with a killer pass. But the substitutions, bang on. I thought they were proactive. I thought he didn't wait for Atalanta. I thought it was on Solskjaer's terms. And ultimately, they changed the game. I thought they were the right substitutions at the right time. And that is where he needs sort of complete 
complete praise because he he gets it big time when it doesn't happen. But just on Bruno, and we'll get into three two ones in, in two or three minutes. Talk to me. I'm I'm stuck. Was he our best player or was he our worst player? Because I, I I don't know. He was somewhere in between for me because oh, I wanted to kill him, but then ultimately he got the official man of the match. That's Bruno for you. Um, he's given a license to create. And when we're losing games, he's your worst player. But when we're winning games and he's getting assists like he does today, then he's your best player. I thought that he was frustrating in the first half particularly. There was one opportunity where you saw a clear through ball onto Rashford and he's on goal and the defender nips it and things like that. But what I did like about Bruno's performance today, Tom, he wasn't up Ronaldo's ass. He actually played as a number 10 today. Yeah, I thought he defended, yeah, in a much better shape. 100%. And his pass selection was good, um, just at times the execution wasn't quite there. But, man, he was so, he's brilliant. That pass to Rashford to set up the first goal, he makes it look easy. Mate, that's world-class what he did. Just to have the ability to see it before the ball's at his feet and to be able to deliver the ball at pace. Because if that ball gets to Rashford any later, I'd say a defender catches him. And it's a composed finish, but that's what Bruno does. He, he produces creativity and he creates opportunities. Now, sometimes he'll be frustrating and he'll make you pull your hair out, but... When it comes off like it did today, he's brilliant. He was good. He, he was really good. I don't know if we win the game if he's not on the pitch. Yeah, well, we'll get into the 3 ones in a set, just some comments, then we'll get into it. But Ahmad, in terms of that second-half reaction, pulling their finger out might have helped. And that's where I always, which I completely agree, but that comes down to the individuals and their responsibility. Solskjaer can say whatever. He can give the perfect instruction or a woeful instruction. It's up to the players to go and sort of deliver. Um, Ashby saying the chances in the second half hit the net. Yeah, completely agree. A bit unfortunate to be down at half time where the chances were recreated. But as you said, that's football, 100%. Um, Adam saying one thing I did enjoy out of the game was Rashford coming inside to get him behind Ronaldo and moving out of the wing. And just on that, because I agree with that point from Adam. Not so, we, we, yeah, Rashford linked up with quite well with Ronaldo, but I think it's such a stark difference. And it's only we have a very small sample size at the moment. What do we got? Probably an hour's worth of footage sort of thing between Ronaldo and Rashford. But I think they link up, no, maybe not link up, but they combine a little bit better than what Ronaldo and Green would do. And obviously different sides of the pitch, the right and the centre and the left and the centre. But um, I don't think Green would really suit Ronaldo at the moment. It's almost like having a young Ronaldo and an experienced Ronaldo. I don't, I don't think they quite match. But Marcus Rashford seems to be on the same wavelength as Ronaldo. Do you see that or just me? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think with Greenwood, I think Solskjaer needs to pull him out of the side a little bit. I, I, I'm all for he's young, he's brilliant, he scores goals, and he's been one of our best players on an individual basis. So that I agree with. But I think Greenwood is almost now playing to the detriment of the team. I just think we need to pull him out a little bit just because he's playing very selfish. I think put Sancho on. Because can I say, I thought Sancho, I know it was a small cameo. That's the best I've seen him look. I know it was a small period, but he, he was attacking players. He was direct. He was and on the right-hand side. Yeah, Play him on the right. I'm so keen to see. I want to see Rashford on the left, Ronaldo down the middle, Sancho on the right for Liverpool. I really think that if you give Sancho a good run of games there, you'll really see what he's made of. Yeah, I think we'll see that. And just before we get into 3 2 1, just in regards to when you were talking about Bruno Adams saying, um, man of the match, we had De Gea 2 1 down, that makes a double save, which, yeah, I thought when we were going into this, I thought, okay, 3 2 win, finally we can have a 3 2 1 votes without David De Gea. However, when you look back at it, he may, may be very well a candidate for all three points. I think he probably does feature in the points. But um, just before we move on to 3 2 1, just Cristiano Ronaldo. What else can you say? Sort of thing? I touched on it at the start of the podcast in terms of why we were so excited when he did sign. 
But I just want your thoughts on, is there something about the Champions League about him? Because he's scored in all three games now and he's got, okay, the young boys wasn't wasn't the important goal, but it was the first goal of the game. But he's now scored two two winners, two late winners. Do you think, okay, he's just good at football, he's going to score goals in big games? Or do you think there is actually something that physically motivates him, mentally motivates him in the Champions League? But like Messi scores the night before and he comes out and he look, looks a different player because when we get into the 3 2 ones, okay, it's a, it's a big goal. He's very well in the discussion for three points, the way it, sort of we value that. His overall performance is one of his better performances, if not his best performance for United, in my opinion. I think it's a few things. I think it's obviously a combination and it speaks to the man's work ethic, his commitment on the pitch, his levels of fitness and his his regime in terms of keeping himself into top-notch shape. But you hear the term God-given talent used almost lazily at times. Tom, he's just a God-given talent. He's just a man born for the moment, born for the spotlight and born a shine in it. Like he, him and Messi just handle pressure at at clutch moments time and time again for such a prolonged period. It's just not a fluke. Um, He's obviously, look, when you're a striker, you're the focal point. United are now starting to, what I loved about today, we're starting to actually play to Ronaldo's strengths. I thought when you look at the ball from Shaw, bloody hell, why can't we do this 10 times a game every week? Mm. Because if you do that, he'll score two or three goals every game. He, He really will. It's a combination of all, everything, um, but look, he's the man for the moment, and that's why you sign him. Yeah, no, look, yeah, completely agree. And yeah, that ball, ball by Shaw was fantastic, and I've been critical of him, but yeah, it just begs the question. Just cross the ball in there. Cross it. If, if we lose the ball, well, we lose the ball in their box. Just get the ball in the box. Ronaldo will make something happen. Or if not, falls out to Bruno or Pogba, they make something happen. But we will get in the 3-2-1s, and in your comments, um, please get your 3-2-1s in there. And if you haven't liked the video, please do. That would be great. And if you are new, it um, be great if you could subscribe. But on 3-2-1s, Larry, look, David De Gea does go in the discussion. I think Adam, part of the goalkeeper's union, will probably have him there. Mm. Ronaldo's performance, there were some good performances. I thought well, Fred, maybe not by Man United standards, but by Fred's standards, I thought he was quite good. Uh, Wan-Bissaka, I thought, was lively and sort of, sort of contributed to the width we did have on the right-hand side. But then again, Ronaldo, big winning goal. Harry Maguire, an all-important goal. Marcus Rashford looking sort of... A dangerous sort of he looks like we'd need Marcus Rashford fit for Liverpool. I thought he was really dangerous for me, and I maybe not fully deserve him, but there's something about Ronaldo that winner. That's why we signed him. It was a big moment. Um, we don't win the game without Ronaldo, in my opinion. I hear, um, I always when we do the three two ones, my thought process always is who had the biggest impact on the football match? If that player wasn't there, would we have won the football game? I don't think any other player could have scored the goal Ronaldo did. His, his aerial ability is phenomenal. I think there's an argument for Bruno, but like you said, Bruno's a weird one in the sense of I can't figure out if he was our worst player or our best player, but he delivers time and time again. I saw he got the uh, the he got uh, the official man of the match. I, I didn't agree with that. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I didn't feel it. Over, over the 90 minutes, I didn't feel it. I'd agree with Ronaldo. I was leaning towards Rashford personally because I thought if you're looking over the 90 minutes, I thought Rashford was easily our most dangerous player. But look, clutch moment, clutch goal, wins the game. It's ultimate. It's legitimately the difference maker. So uh, Ronaldo for three points, I, I can't argue with it. Yeah, look, look for me and yeah, maybe better performances. And look, the next name off my tongue would have to be David De Gea. And just for the other, other side of things in terms of we do look at the all-important goal. Okay, we have conceded two goals, but at 2-1, they had that double save. Um, I think they even had a chance before that as well. 
But um, that goes to three one, and that's game over. Um, I, I can't see his gum coming back from that. So I do have to put the Hayes name in this. But then we we do look at all important. Now Harry Maguire wasn't fantastic. Neither was Lindelof, but Maguire's got an all important goal. You do look at Fred. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, I don't think points wise. But um, would you be leaning to Bruno, De Gea, Rashford? Sort of what sort of order of those? I thought De Gea's save was really good. But in saying that, they were shot straight at the goalkeeper. I think you would expect any goalkeeper. But the second one was a bit tricky because I think he dives a little bit too far. I don't know if it takes a deflection. So his hands sort of come out here and the ball comes back behind him and he has to, uh, uh, takes a little bit of deflection. But um, look, it may be a little bit straight at him, but in, that's in slow motion. I'm sure in fast motion, in real life speed, they're sort of rocketed at him type thing. But um, look, at the end of the day, he has conceded two goals. He couldn't do anything about the goals. No. But um, get your comments in. I've seen George saying Ronaldo for three. Rashford to Fred for one because he's not getting any other points this year. I think Fred's got a point or two, but um, a little bit harsh. I but Fred was good. I really do. I think if I, I don't know if he's a candidate for three, two, one, but I think if you started Pogba where Fred was today, I don't. You, you thought two 0 was bad. I guarantee we would have conceded at least one more. Hmm. So who would you be leaning to? I, I have to throw De Gea in now. I, I could accept De Gea for a point. Would you be putting De Gea as two points or someone above him for two points? But how do you leave out Rashford and Bruno? Like, do you win the football match if those two aren't on the pitch? I thought Rashford was so good. I know he missed, like, he should have at least had a double today because there, there was one opportunity particularly he should have finished. But it would be harsh not to give it. I think Rashford needs to get a point in this. I could go, I could settle with Rashford and De Gea. If I need a compromise with you, I could settle for Rashford and De Gea. I think Rashford, but, I, can, I can accept not giving Bruno points. Rashford, I think it would be criminal not to. See, that's where I probably accept that. I say Rashford and De Gea. However, what do we know? The UEFA, and maybe we're better than UEFA, who knows? But the UEFA official man of the match, as you said, was Bruno Fernandes. So you think what's happened there. But I thought Bruno's first half was just so bad. Oh, I thought he was shocking. Um, and obviously, we, he sort of spoke about in his post-match press conference, he spoke about needing to take risk. And when he gets the ball, he tries to find the strikers. And he admitted, sometimes maybe I shouldn't do it as much. But um, I thought the first half, he was really detrimental in terms of breaking down our attacks. And ultimately, he changes the game with that world-class pass. And we're talking about Ronaldo's one moment is worthy of three points for Ronaldo. But in terms of, yes, the other contributions, De Gea and Rashford. Um, yeah, all important goal by Marcus Rashford. And you do have to give De Gea some love in regards to how important these saves have been. So I'll leave it up to you. Last sort of order, De Gea, Rashford, who's two, who's one? Rashford to De Gea, one. All right, so Ronaldo, Rashford, and David De Gea. If you agree with those, leave those in the comments below or please um, disagree and let us know who you think. But, um, look, we will have a it's, um, Thursday here, maybe Friday or Saturday, probably tomorrow night, maybe we'll have another beer and a little bit of a Liverpool preview because that's a lot to dissect and sort of a lot of things to sort of run the rule over. But uh, anything more to add on this morning's match? Viva Ronaldo, Viva Oligona Solskjaer. And, look, Tom, I don't know where it ends, but... Get behind the manager and enjoy it, lads. Like, this is what football is all about. If you don't enjoy today, football's not for you. Bloody hell. That's well, it's it. not only you're completely right. It's not even football's not for you. It's Man United. It's what Man United's about. Yeah. But, um, Sam, Sam here. Give me Sam. that over a 5 0 victory any day long. Seriously. I know it's emotionally not great for our health and we'll probably be in our graves 10 years earlier than we should do, but. That's what that's what you watch football for. That's what you watch Man United for. 
Yeah, well, as we alluded to, that's why Ronaldo came back for moments like that. But Sam's saying, don't know if it's been said, but you can see why McFreddy's... Yeah, which we touched on that at the start of the podcast, Sam. But well, it'll be interesting. Look, we won't preview the Liverpool game now, but just your first thoughts looking a couple of days ahead, Larry. McTominay and Fred, obviously, Fred picked up a little bit of an injury, so we're not quite sure what's going to happen there. But say, let's say everyone's fit. So let's say Marcus Rashford's available and Fred's available. Your first instincts going into this, is Solskjaer changing anything or is he keeping the same start in 11 or...? Uh, I actually think he'll go three at the back. No. I, I was calling that for this game, but I, I no, I, don't, I can't nah, see. He'll, he'll do it, mate. He'll do it. Against Liverpool in the past, he's gone with Shaw, Maguire and Lindelof. I could I could definitely see him doing something similar. Then do you throw Alex Tellers in there cold at left wing back? Well, if he's wing back, he can attack. He can actually cross. Maybe he does get the ball to Ronaldo the way we need him to. Um, and I think if you you let Shaw defend in a more reserved role, now I personally wouldn't be putting Shaw there, um, but I think to nullify Liverpool, I think playing three at the back is the way to do it. You can't put Mo Salah one on one with Luke Shaw. You'll have him on toast. Seriously, Mo Salah in his form with Luke Shaw in in his form at the moment, that's scary. I think you need to put a prospect. You need to create. You need to make a compact in the middle. Otherwise, Mo Salah will just tear us apart. Well, it will be interesting, but yeah, we will preview that podcast um, probably tomorrow night over a beer. That's Friday night, so that's a few days before. I'm not sure when Solskjaer's press conference is, where he might have had it sort of embargoed after this match. But um, yeah, big game, unfortunately, for us Sydney listeners um, or Sydney Man United fans. It's a 2.30 a.m. kickoff on a Monday morning, which is yeah tricky. Always Liverpool's always 2.30 on a Monday morning. Obviously, Sunday afternoon for England is primetime TV, but not great for us Australian Reds. But um Thank you, everyone, in the live chat. Um, George just quickly saying, Salah, only one goal against United. Why are we scared? I think that's one of the things. When Look, you, you can't knock Salah. We'll, we'll touch on that in the Liverpool podcast, but I back United to deal with Salah. Yes, he's potentially the best player in the world. I just don't rate him that highly. I know that sounds stupid. I know it is stupid, but we'll, I'll give you my reasons on the next podcast. But thank you, everyone, for joining in the live chat. Truly appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed your day. Um, as I said, please leave a like on the video if you haven't, and if you are new. Be great if you could subscribe. It would be very much appreciated. And Larry, have a good night and we'll chat to you tomorrow. Pleasure, mate. See you then. Cheers, man. <laughs>